Hello, this is Chris Iavana. I'm the Fixed Income Specialist here at GWK, and this is the Q1 Taxable Bond Podcast. I'm going to take a few minutes today to provide a brief overview of some of the major themes of the past three months and touch on performance of our strategies and discuss our positioning and outlook. Fixed Income saw strong performance in the first quarter. There were positive returns at every point on the yield curve and across the quality spectrum. Uh, This was mainly driven by negative yields overseas, dovish Fed commentary, and soft economic data, which all helped rates rally. On the credit side, stabilization in energy prices, positive corporate earnings, and easing geopolitical tensions provided support for spread product. Despite the positive returns, the quarter saw significant volatility. For example, the one-year Treasury hit its highest yield in almost four years, while the 30-year yield reached an all-time low. Investment-grade corporate spreads saw their widest level in over 12 months. Yields bounced off the bottom as we finished the quarter, but still aren't far from their historic lows. Volatility still remains elevated with the strong U.S. dollar, low energy prices, and quantitative easing around the world as key factors. The 10-year Treasury yield fell from 2.17 to start the quarter to 1.92. Also to note was the continued flattening of the Treasury curve where short rates fell, but not as much as long rates. Here, the two-year fell 11 basis points, while the 10 and 30 years dropped by 25 and 21 basis points. Domestically, there was a disconnect between reports out of the jobs market and other economic data. For January and February, employment data was robust, as the economy continued to add 200,000-plus payrolls, and the unemployment rate fell to 5.5%. On the other hand, retail sales, manufacturing, and factory data disappointed. This has helped drive GDP growth from healthy post-recession levels in Q2 and Q3 of 2014 to a more mundane 2.2% for the fourth quarter. And as we look forward to Q1 GDP for this year, estimates have continued to plummet with many economists forecasting a sub-1% reading and the Fed Bank of Atlanta estimating no growth at all. We'll see if this lasts more than a quarter as we leave the bad weather behind. Touching back on the employment numbers, the disconnect that I spoke of disappeared with the March figures as only 126,000 jobs were added and prior month revisions were negative. The labor force participation rate at 62.7% has been stubbornly weak and at multi-decade lows. There were two heavily watched Fed events in Q1, Chairman Yellen's testimony before Congress and the March FOMC meeting. Both were generally regarded as dovish and helped to push yields lower. In her testimony, her overall goal seems to have been to move Fed policy away from calendar-based guidance to one of data dependence. This was reiterated in the March FOMC meeting in addition to the expected removal of the term patient, which had been in the statement since late last year and was noted to mean no rate increases for at least two meetings. Fed members also revised down their growth, inflation, and Fed fund forecasts. 
Even as the Fed, Fed plans to raise rates eventually, foreign central banks continue their easing policies as growth and inflation is still deemed uncomfortably low. Global capital continues to pour into the U.S. for an alternative to the depressed yields available on high-quality overseas bonds and helping to increase the value of the dollar. U.S. Treasuries have looked attractive compared to close to zero and even negative sovereign debt overseas. Regarding market performance, the Treasury sector returned 1.64%, slightly outperforming the 1.61% of the Barclays Aggregate Index. Taxable municipals benefited from their long duration, returning 2.23%, while the comparatively short duration of mortgages drove relatively weak 1.06% returns. Investment-grade corporates were up 2.32% for the quarter, benefiting from the rally in treasuries in their incremental income. Within investment-grade, lower quality outperformed, Triple B's returned 2.49, followed by single A's at 2.21, and double A's at 2.03. High yield performance was 2.52% for the quarter, and they incurred 17 basis points of spread tightening. Within high yield, high quality drove performance. Double B's at 2.69, single B's 2.64, and triple C's 2.01. The best performing sectors in high yield were those that benefited from falling energy prices, such as consumer-oriented retail food and beverage, and gaming sectors. Also those which had the least exposure to a strong dollar, such as telecoms and electric utilities. Moving on to performance for our strategies, we underperformed during the quarter for our taxable strategies. High yield bounced back after two quarters of negative returns, which helped those strategies that could hold these lower rated bonds, but security selection proved to be a drag and was a main driver of underperformance for the quarter. Our allocation to mortgages hurt as they underperformed the index, and holding higher coupon mortgages was a negative as lower coupon mortgages outperformed in the falling rate environment. On the positive side, our overweight to investment-grade corporate bonds was beneficial due to a couple basis uh, points in spread tightening, but mostly because their longer duration did extremely well in a falling rate environment. Another positive was our allocation to taxable munis due to their long duration. Overall, yield curve and duration positioning was slightly beneficial. As for our outlook, We expect volatility to persist for the foreseeable future. There's uncertainty surrounding monetary policy, and that will continue to dominate fixed income markets as the Fed works through some conflicting narratives. Its attempt to normalize monetary policy at home must deal with easing from foreign central banks. Next, they would like to marry its success in lowering unemployment with an increase in wage growth. And related, the Fed would like to see inflation approach its 2% target, yet falling energy prices, economic data, consumer surveys, and market measures all indicate a muted inflation environment. Regardless of the exact timing of the first hike or pace of increases after, 
we ultimately expect the relative attractiveness of U.S. yields to limit upside in rates. We also believe spread products will benefit from strong corporate fundamentals and the scarcity of yield available elsewhere. All of our strategies remain essentially neutral weight with respect to duration and curve positioning. We expect any upward pressure on rates from strong economic growth domestically to be tempered by low rates abroad. We also expect the curve to continue flattening in advance of future rate hikes due to subdued inflation expectations, although we believe that much of this move has already been priced in. We currently see the most compelling value in intermediate maturities, which offer attractive carry and roll for the interest rate being assumed. We continue to believe corporate bonds offer an attractive value to treasuries at current spreads. There is a favorable growth outlook for U.S. corporations. We are near peak profit margins, and companies have strong balance sheets. Corporates may also better protect if rates rise because the economy is likely to be doing better in such an environment. Thus, firm profitability and ability to pay its debt would improve. Within investment grade, we still have a bias toward lower quality credits, preferring triple Bs for their incremental spread over A-rated bonds. We think risks are acceptable here. We also maintain our overweight to the more cyclical sectors of the corporate market because we believe valuations are especially attractive and offer the most compelling opportunities for security selection. Our outlook for high yield is favorable as well. We remain overweight in all eligible strategies. Weakness in the energy sector notwithstanding, Credit fundamentals are strong, and we expect defaults ex-energy to remain below their long-term average. And though high-yield spreads have come in from their December highs, they remain more than 120 basis points above last year's lows, offering both carry and the potential for spread compression. Within high-yield, our largest overweight is energy, where we see opportunity among the higher quality credits with strong hedge books solid balance sheets, and low-cost assets. We remain neutral on mortgages despite limited room for spread compression because they offer carry over treasuries and serve as a defensive alternative to credit markets. Within the mortgage space, we continue to target seasoned pools with high coupons. And this concludes the Q1 2014 Taxable Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to speaking with you next quarter.